When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated economist here. So I really feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Like, I keep going over this information. I keep bringing up the same, like, speeches, the same information, trying to explain how it is that I do not see the money printer causing the price inflation. I know it's a very easy one-in-one kind of thing to say, look at these two. Obviously, it's what's happening. You don't need to look any further. Money printer go burr, prices go up. Let's just wash our hands of the whole deal and forget about it, right? There is no need to look any further. That's what's causing the inflation. Now, it is really easy to do that. And if we follow this logic, we are going to run into a hyperinflation scenario where the dollar is totally destroyed, where there is no more use of the U.S. dollar. The Federal Reserve note goes bye-bye. Now, this is the logic that we would have to follow if if it's the Federal Reserve's money printer go burr that's causing the price inflation. This is what we would have to say. I would like to think that the men and women up at the Federal Reserve are smarter than the uneducated economist. I mean, I don't know if they are or not. I've never really spoken to any of these people. But I would just assume that they probably know a little bit more about economics than I do. So if I could come up with the reasons why they are producing this inflation. They did it on purpose. It was meant to happen. Now, if I could come up with a logical reason... For this scenario to take place, that the Federal Reserve actually forced this situation, then I would assume that the Federal Reserve probably understands that strategy as well. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. This comes from the Federal Reserve. This is their words. This downward shift in inflation expectation has a second round effect on real interest rates, the economy, and inflation. When policy is constrained by the effective lower bound, the downward shift in inflation expectation raises the real interest rates, further diminishing the degree of monetary stimulus, making the downturn worse and reducing inflation even more. Even in times when policy is not constrained, the expectation of below target inflation in the future affects current decisions, putting additional downward pressure on inflation. That was written back in November of 2018. This is a Federal Reserve speech. This is given by John Williams of the New York Fed. And in fact, the date is November 30th, 2018. The title of this speech is Monetary Policy Strategies for a Low Neutral Rate World. That's not all he said. Listen to this. Today, we face altogether different set of problem stemming from a very low neutral rate, neutral interest rate. That is the short term real interest rate consistent with an economy operating at its potential alongside low and stable inflation. Ironically, the problem we need to solve these days is the risk of inflation that is persistently too low. 
rather than too high. Okay? Now, in this speech, he goes on to talk about price inflation and then goes on to talk about inflation, the average inflation rate. Okay? Now, there is a difference between what the Federal Reserve used to run their monetary, monetary policy at. They would shoot for a 2% target inflation. If inflation ran above 2%, they would adjust their monetary policy to try and hit that 2% target. If it ran under, same thing. The difference that they are now facing is that instead of shooting for a 2% target, they're shooting for a 2% average over the long term. We do not know what that means. They didn't say if it's a long-term average over 10 years or 5 years or 6 years or 20 years. They didn't tell us. They just said average inflation. So now as we go and think about what is happening right now, because the average inflation is probably much less than the current inflation rate. Okay, think about this for just a second. Inflation is running 7%. It ran under 2% for 10 years. What is the average inflation? We don't know. The Federal Reserve knows. It's their formula. It's their metrics. It's their system. It doesn't matter what we think. The only thing that matters is what the Federal Reserve does with their monetary policy. So if they say they don't see inflation, it doesn't matter if we see it. They don't. They're the ones who are going to adjust monetary policy. So now... Inflation over the long-term average, that is the new policy. And we have no idea what that is. All right. The second option is average inflation targeting, whereby the central bank purposefully aims to achieve an above-target inflation rate in good times, when lower bound is not constrained. Properly designed and implemented, such an overshoot can offset the inflation undershoot during bad times so that the long-run average inflation rate and inflation expectations are in line with the target. Is that not seeing what is happening right now? That they're trying to get the long-run average inflation rate. Not the target, not the 2% target because they well shot over that, but they knew that they were going to. And they are wanting to get the long-term average inflation to that 2%. So now, going back to what I, the original statement that I had said, this downward shift in inflation expectations has a second round effect on real interest rates, the economy, and inflation. When the policy is constrained by the effective lower bound, the downward shift in inflation expectation raises the real interest rates. Think about that for just a second. The downward shift in inflation expectation raises the real interest rates. That took me a long time to try and figure out what it was that they were trying to say. Imagine an investor is anticipating on getting a 2% return. Inflation is running 1%. The real interest rate that that investor is going to receive is 1%. If you lower the inflation expectation to zero, the real interest rate rises to 2%, what the investor anticipates getting. You see what happened here? 
By lowering the inflation expectation, you can raise the real interest rates. Now, the Federal Reserve, just as this was speech was given, getting, being made, they were trying to raise their interest rates. They were, they were. I don't know if you guys remember, like the uh, what were they calling it, autopilot, and Donald Trump was out screaming about how they need to end the quantitative tightening and need to go into quantitative easing. He was screaming about there's no inflation and that the Federal Reserve should be printing money. I will leave a link down in the description of Donald Trump saying that they need to end quantitative tightening and fire up quantitative easing, lower interest rates, and basically cause more inflation because there was none. I mean, that's ultimately what he was saying. Can you imagine right now, just let's take a second and imagine if we had listened to Donald Trump or if the Federal Reserve had listened to Donald Trump back when he made that statement, what kind of hell we would be in today with all the money printing that would have taken place? Now, that's not what their intentions were. Their intentions were never, not even Donald Trump's. He was acting. He was definitely in cahoots with the Federal Reserve. He appointed Jerome Powell. Like him before they got started, they were like, hey, man, you guys ready for this? Okay, because we're going to be like, you know, we're going to be out on stage. We're going to be screaming at each other, but it's all an act. Okay, remember that, right? Because what ended up happening is, is that as the Federal Reserve began to raise their interest rates, they went into that autopilot. They eventually got to a point where they were going to start screwing up the economy. And everybody knew it. And everybody said it. And everybody was pointing at the Federal Reserve saying your quantitative tightening is screwing up the economy. And that's when Donald Trump came out and said, there's no inflation. There's no inflation here. The Fed should be printing money. We should be going into negative interest rates. Okay. The Federal Reserve was trying to get their ammo back. Okay. Their ammo is the Fed funds rate and the raising of the, that interest rate. Typically during a recession, the Federal Reserve would want to drop that Fed funds rate around 5%. This would get people out there borrowing money through to buy cars, to you know houses, go on vacation, to pretty much get the economy moving. So dropping that Fed funds rate is how the Federal Reserve used to stimulate the economy with their monetary policy. The problem is they hit zero. They were at zero interest rates. So trying to get that interest rate back up to 5% was very difficult for the Federal Reserve, and they could only get a couple of percentage points before the whole economy started shifting. Because okay? what ends up happening is, is that there's something called the natural, well, they call it the natural rate or the neutral rate. This is the interest rate why the Federal Reserve is neither stimulating nor restrictive to the economy. That neutral rate is very low. It's like almost zero. So anything above that is going to be restricting the economy and anything below it is going to be stimulating the economy. And since they're at the zero lower bound, there is no room to move. So the Federal Reserve was trying to get those interest rates back. Once they got it up to 2%, started screwing up the economy, Donald Trump came out and started screaming, there's no inflation. What was he doing? Lowering the inflation expectation, raising the real interest rates, right? That's what the Federal Reserve is saying right there. I mean, how did they put it? Whereby the central bank purposely aims to achieve an above target inflation. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. This downward shift in inflation expectation has a second round effect on real interest rates, the economy, and inflation. When policy is constrained by the effective lower bound, the downward shift in inflation expectation raises the real interest rates. 
So as the Federal Reserve was running out of their ability to raise interest rates, Donald Trump came out and started lowering the inflation expectation by screaming at the Federal Reserve saying that they need to lower their interest rates. They should be printing money. This was raising the real interest rates. Think about that for a second, guys. The two of them were working together to make that happen. All right. So now, here we are in this situation in which that people are saying that the inflation is obviously too many dollars chasing too few goods. Okay, let's start at zero, right? What ended up happening when the pandemic kicked in? We had a diminishing of goods and services. Now we got too much money chasing too few goods and services. On top of that, the Federal Reserve started printing a bunch of money. So now we can look at all this money printing as the reason that we have this price inflation taking place. We would have had it anyway. Okay? Because there is a diminishing of goods and services out there. Less economic activity has taken place. Now, one of the things that the Federal Reserve is looking at is money velocity. Here, I don't know if you guys can see this or not. My camera's kind of messed up, right? But this is money velocity, and I'll leave a link down in the description for you guys. And you can see that money velocity has tanked, absolutely tanked. It's the lowest it's ever been in history. You can take this chart back as far as they can go, and you will see that money velocity has hit the toilet. Now, this is something you have to think about because this is really where inflation comes from. I will leave a, another link down in the description to a video that talks about money velocity. It does a great job of it and it explains why it is that you see price inflation when money velocity starts to pick up. But when it is in the toilet like this, you're not gonna see the inflation. Now, this is a chart of personal savings. You can see that there was a huge spike in personal savings. This gave people a lot of ability to be a consumer. The demand went through the roof when those stimulus packages came out. They gave all those stimulus packages to people and they went spending like they were drunken sailors. And this was a boom to the economy. As everybody was talking about the massive overwhelming consumer demand. Well, what did that do? It lowered the inventory levels, right? Goods and services. Too much dollars chasing too few of goods and services. So no matter what happened, there was going to be price inflation because they had severed the supply chain. Told everybody, go home, don't go to work, don't manufacture, don't do anything, but sit on your couch and watch TV. And we'll send you a check. And no worries, don't even worry about paying rent or making your house payment. All this is stimulative, right? If you didn't pay your rent and you didn't make your house payment and you didn't save that money, you spent it. Now, all that money is out there sloshing around. This is bank reserves, right? This is reserves of deposits of ins institutions. And you can see there is a huge spike in the amount of reserves on deposit. So where did that money go? Well, it's sitting at a bank. Now, this money could go into the system, but it has to be lent into the system. So now think about lending into the system right now. You can, yeah, car sales, all that other stuff, these are really high numbers. But how many cars are actually selling? How many house mortgages are actually being written? Yeah, there was a lot of refinancing of houses, 
But how many actual purchases of homes when you have a depleted inventory level as you do such as this? See, money velocity is in the toilet. The reserves are sitting at the banks. People's savings are in the toilet. See, this is the reasons why I don't see the inflation like everybody is talking about. It's because the money printing didn't do it. It was the severing of the supply chain that did it. So you can kind of compare it to World War II when all the supply went to the war effort. The only difference is, is that when all that supply went to the war effort, it actually got consumed by the war. See, right now, we have this supply chain breakdown, and everything is sitting in warehouses. It's sitting on rails. It's sitting on ships. It's sitting somewhere, but not on the shelves. But that's starting to change, and inventory levels are starting to rise. It's going to happen at the exact same time that the Federal Reserve wants to raise their interest rates. And now, as these inventory levels begin to rise, people are going to notice that prices are going to stop rising. In fact, they may even come down a little bit. The important part is, is that they won't continue to go up. And that is going to be called disinflation. People are going to confuse that with deflation. Disinflation means that it went from 7% down to 5% or 4%. That's disinflation. It's not going up at the speed that it once was. And since they're shooting for an average inflation, that interest rate or that inflation rate, that can come down to 5%. 2% over the long term, we don't know how long or how much they want that interest rate or that inflation rate to be. That is going to be entirely up to the Federal Reserve's formula for figuring out average inflation, whatever that is. So this is where we have to think about things, not think about it in a, in a sense of like money destruction like the 1970s, because that was dollar destruction taking place. That was the dollar losing confidence. In fact, Jimmy Carter, they call him Carter Bonds, they wrote U.S. Treasuries due in German marks and Swiss francs. Think about that for just a second. Think about Evergrande. They wrote debt in U.S. dollars. Why? Because they got the best deal in it. They had a lot of people who were confident in buying Evergrande debt if they were going to pay him back in U.S. dollars. They wanted to get paid back in U.S. dollars. Well, back in the 70s, there was such hatred for the dollar. There was such loss of confidence about the U.S. dollar that they wrote, the U.S. Treasury wrote up bonds due in German marks and Swiss francs. Look them up. They're called Carter bonds. In fact, I'll find a link and I'll put it down in the description for you guys. So this is not the same situation as back in the 70s, and it's not the same situation as back in World War II. This is a completely different one. It was a fabricated inflation scenario. They did it on purpose. They severed the supply chain. They dropped the inventory levels. They caused right, more dollars to chase fewer goods and services, and it didn't matter how much they printed after that. They could print as much as they wanted. They already had the inflation scenario coming, but they had to convince us of it. They had to get the inflation expectation to rise. And if you can get the inflation expectation to go up, you'll get people to start spending that money, especially if you have low interest rates. So if you have low interest rates where you can borrow money for a mortgage at 3% interest and you think that there's going to be a 7% interest or inflation rate coming into the future, then you could buy now and have that purchasing power secured at 3% as opposed to losing it at 7% going into the future. It's stimulative. 
getting the inflation expectation up while keeping the interest rates low is stimulating to the economy. They get you to start spending it. All right. I'm going to leave it at that for right now. I'm going to leave a ton of links down in the description for you guys. Uneducated economist. You guys let me know.